Hey, I'm Maurice. As a barber, you might think my scissors are my main tool, but really, it's Metro. That's where I got my iPhone 7. Its camera makes sharing my cuts as simple as snip, snap, share. Right now, get an iPhone 7 with a camera that shoots 4K for just $49.99 when you switch to the number one brand in prepaid. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Requires port in eligible number not currently active on T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days and verification of ID and independent database. Limit four per account slash household. 32 gigabyte iPhone 7 model only. No tethering. See store for details and terms and conditions. Radio. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now here's your host, Emily Rowell. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Atlanta Legal Experts Radio. I am your host, Emily Rowell with Peachtree Offices, and I have Rich Casanova here co-hosting with me this morning, and he is with Pro Business Channel. Good morning, Rich. Uh, good morning. Oh, it's going to be a good uh, whole crowd of subject matter experts in the studio, and um, already uh, started on with some fun this morning, but uh, we've got some great topics and um, lively groups, so... Let's get into the show. I think we're ready. I think so. Yeah. yeah. If you're not ready, it's too late. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. We're going to go on without you. Yeah. <laughs> so Atlanta Legal Experts has been brought to you in part by Peachtree Offices, helping attorneys establish their firm in the Atlanta area, and 3A Law Practice Management, helping attorneys start and grow their practice. And you can go to atlantalegalexperts.com and find all of their information. You will. How does one frame a masterpiece? If it's a painting, some wood and gold leaf will do. But what about a masterpiece of the edible variety? Like Boar's Head Oven Gold Turkey. Crafted from a family recipe, seasoned with savory spices and then slow roasted until it's fork tender and brimming with flavor. So, what could frame such a masterpiece? Perhaps a little bread would do. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere also be able to see today's show on there and all the past shows. So check us out on AtlantaLegalExperts.com. I'm going there right now. Yay. <laughs> Actually, no, never mind. I'm already here. Are there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this morning, I have Kevin Patrick with Kevin Patrick Law. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Emily. How are you this morning? I'm doing well for a Tuesday morning. <laughs> good, good. Now tell us a little bit about what you'll be discussing this morning. Sure, Emily. I have my own practice, as you know, Kevin Patrick Law. Mm-hmm. And today I'll be talking about personal injury cases. And a particular area of practice for me is daycare abuse cases, so I'd like to focus a good bit of the, our conversation on those uh, this morning. Good. I can't wait to hear that and how we're going to fix all that, right? Exactly. <laughs> awesome. And we have Nafisa Fudail. Good yes. morning. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic. Good Great. to see you this morning. Yes. And tell us a little bit what you'll be discussing. Well, I'll be discussing um, tax debt solutions. So uh, a lot of businesses and nonprofits and things of that nature and individual taxpayers have um, were went into different tax debt problems or owe the IRS a lot of money. So I'll be talking about different ways they can handle that particular situation. It's perfect timing, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> Great. And last but not least, we have Kyle Winchester with the law offices of Matthew Kyle Winchester. Good morning. How'd I do? Good morning. You did just, you did just fine. Good, good. And tell us what you'll be discussing this morning. Um, I'm a criminal appeals attorney located here in Atlanta. Uh, I do a lot of criminal defense work and focus a lot of that 
that and, st- and appeals uh, from criminal convictions in state and federal court. So, Awesome. Awesome. Well, we look forward to that as well. We're going to start with you. All right. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> so uh, Matthew Kyle Winchester, which is n- better known as Kyle, is an Atlanta-based defense attorney focusing on criminal appeals in state and federal court. He currently represents clients before trial in appellate courts in Georgia, as well as other venues across the country. A graduate of Emory Law, Kyle gained valuable experience in appeals through law clerk positions in federal trial and appellate courts. He also represented the United States of America on appeal before the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit during his final year of law school under the Third Year Practice Act. Sorry. So tell me a little bit more. How did you get into law? What made you get started? Um, well, I guess... Big question. That's a good question. I, um, <laughs> you only got a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I guess the I guess the way I got started um, into law was just being interested um, in kind of logic in undergrad. T- took a couple practice LSATs and I just wanted to see how well I could do. Did well, got in, and the rest is history. Fantastic. And what made you kind of go to the criminal side? Um. I kind of fell into that too. No, I, well, when um when I was in law school, I saw um I got to I watched the uh, HBO series on the West Memphis Three, which is a case out of Arkansas about um, three guys who were wrongfully convicted. I think they spent 17 years in prison for. Wow. A crime that ultimately they didn't commit. So the interest started there, um, but then I wound up getting involved in other kinds of advocacy positions that kind of hone the interest, like mm-hmm. moot court and things like that in law school. Awesome, awesome. So that so you just you liked it, and now you're thriving. Yeah, um, basically uh, after after I finished law school, I, I clerked for a district judge uh, here in the Northern District of Georgia, and after I finished that. Started applying all around for criminal defense positions, but a lot of guys were saying, "Hey, you got a lot of experience at the court of appeals, and I'll pay you to write my appeals." So it's kind of started aggregating, um, you know, attorney work like that, and and everything's just kind of snowballed. And I decided to make it a business. That's fantastic. Going out on your own is hard. A lot of people here know that. Agree. <laughs> but it sounds like you're doing great. And tell me a little more um, about your introduction to appeals. Um, well, I, I've, I've been involved with them from pretty much every side you could, every side of the bench you could be on. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in law school, I spent a year working with the U.S. Attorney's Office and defending against appeals uh, in here in the, in the 11th Circuit. Um, majority of those were criminal. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I spent some time working on the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals for a judge there, and a lot of my work was, you know, reviewing appeals, sentencing guidelines, challenges, um, motions, decisions, things like that that come up on appeal, create big legal issues. Um, And then after that, I decided to basically start my own business doing it from the defense side and been doing that for about a year and a half. So tell me about your practice. What what are your goals for your clients when you when you meet them? Well, the the goal is uh, is obviously to get the best result possible in their case, and the way you do that is essentially um, an appeal. You're you're reconstructing, you're deconstructing a criminal conviction actually based from 
all the way down to its most simplest parts and then rebuilding the evidence back up from scratch to ensure that the evidence supports what the jury found, which is the allegations, the indictment in the manner that they charged it. If it does, then the second question is whether they did that in a way that's procedurally fair. So at its most general wow. level, 30,000 feet, that's the, those are the two main inquiries in a criminal appeal. Wow. So you're helping those that you believe have been wrongfully accused. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it goes further than that. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's more of just trying, it's a check against the process to in- ensure that when we do have cases that go to conviction, that it's done in a correct way, consistent with the law. Mm-hmm. And it allows multiple levels of review to ensure that we reach the right result. Now, can you tell me one of your favorite cases, obviously without naming names? Uh, um... I had a I had a um, motor vehicle theft case this year that was reversed in the Court of Appeals um, for resentencing because there was insufficient evidence on some criminal damage to property counts that were run consecutive. Um, the state didn't prove that the property that was damaged exceeded the value that the, rec- the code requires. So that case was remanded for resentencing, and he got a substantial bit of time shaved off of his sentence. Oh. So that was that was that a, was nice, a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So tell me, um, what are some things in the future that you can see for your practice, and are you expanding? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's uh, pretty much my biggest goal at this point is to reach out. Um, I want to push the, the geographical scope of what I'm doing. I want to be involved in things, you know, here in Georgia as much as I can be, as well as outside of Georgia. You know, there's sure. no, no real limit on what I'm trying to do. Um, and at the end of the day, I just want to help as many people as possible uh, and be as effective as I can for my clients. And get on Atlanta Legal Experts Radio, and then you can just <laughs> share it all over there the world. There you go. <laughs> so tell me, how do you get um, new clients? Like, what are different ways that um, you, you gain new, new business? Uh, the honest truth is a lot of it has been word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I first started, uh, I was doing a lot of appointed cases, and many of the clients that I worked hard for there um, have referred me to other people. And, you know, you get calls of, all the time from new people who hear you, hear it about you through a previous client or from another attorney who maybe you've had some dealings with. And uh, a lot of it really is word of mouth um, based on your work product that you've been able to do for other clients. That's good news. Um, and a la- one last question for you. Um, tell me a little bit of some different uh, criminal defense issues that are out there right now that you're seeing that are right, wrong. Um, I mean, that's a pretty big question. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, it's only an hour show, remember, guys. <laughs> um, there's a lot of interesting, interesting uh, new things going on in Georgia law right now, uh, especially in the in the criminal defense side. Um, one of uh, one of the biggest things is there was um, one of the biggest errors that can happen in a criminal trial is if the judge makes an improper comment on the evidence. And in previous years, a lot of criminal convictions were getting reversed because. Judges would make, or not all judges, some sometimes mm-hmm. you would get a you know a, a kind of slight comment about venue, the location of where the allegations occurred, and kind of 
accidentally, it would poison the well of the jury because at that time, you know, now that venue is a material element of the indictment, by saying that, the judge had taken away the, the issue for the jury's consideration. So um, a lot of times those cases would be raised and they would be reversed because of that. But then there was some litigation in the Supreme Court about whether an objection should have been required to preserve something like that because it does have so such a dramatic effect on the jury's verdict. Mm -hmm. And the General Assembly amended the statute to require that. So now you have a lot of cases coming up where the standard of review about whether an objection should have been raised or whether whether it's properly preserved for appeal, put another way, um, is a you know an issue for litigation in that in that area. But that's that's one of many things. It's sure. it's constantly evolving area law. Right, right. I could imagine. So I guess you have your work cut out for you, don't you? <laughs> Doing everything we can. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on today. And um, if you can tell our listeners how they can reach you, I see that you're in Midtown. Yes. 1800 Peachtree Street. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, yeah, um, you can find me on LinkedIn and uh, or also, like I said, at the McQuarrium Building, 1800 Peachtree Street, or shoot me an email at uh, k.winchestercb at gmail.com. Thank you so much. We really enjoyed having you. And um, if we have some room at the end, maybe we can have an open discussion for more comments. Sure. Thank you. Does that include me or no? Because I'm not an attorney. I've not even playing one on the radio. I am. <laughs> uh, off to a great start on Atlanta Legal Experts uh, radio show this morning with your host, uh, Emily Rowell. And uh, who do we have up uh, next? Actually, let's go and mention our uh, sponsors as well, brought to you in part by Peachtree Offices uh, with four locations uh, throughout uh, inside the perimeter all kinds of uh, services. Just go to the website for, uh, for their information as well as information on 3A Law Practice Management. And you can find uh, their logo uh, and artwork or, or information on AtlantaLegalExperts.com. And the artwork, too. <laughs> I know. I don't know where I got artwork from. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was written in, uh, in invisible ink on this paper. Yeah. <laughs> My darn pen. I know, I yeah. that all the time. <laughs> well, good morning, Nafisa. How are you? I'm doing great. Good, good. Now, M M Nafisa, I knew I was going to butcher this one. <laughs> Nafisa Fudail um, is our second guest this morning, and she is a CPA. She's also um, a tax attorney for the of the firm Tax Roadmap LLC, which helps businesses and individuals with tax problems. Nafisa has been in the field of taxation for many years and has represented many business owners and individuals in resolving their tax debt as well as engaged in strategic tax planning prior to starting her own firm, Tax Roadmap LLC. Nafisa worked with a big four accounting firm, the Internal Revenue Service, the tax departments of several Fortune 500 companies, and regional and local firms. She has experience in representing large and small companies as well as nonprofits in industries such as real estate, insurance, education, staffing, health, telecommunications, constructions, and many others. So you are barred and certified in the state of Georgia, is that yes. correct? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, so tell me, how did you get into taxes? That's a very 
Big question, too. Yeah. <laughs> Big questions, too. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I got my undergrad in accounting, and in accounting, basically, there's two sides. You can have the accounting, auditing side, or you can have the tax side. And um, I was intrigued by the tax side because it's always changing. We can look forward to that every year. The law is always sure. changing. And looking long forward on my career, I wanted to always make sure I was in a field that was always going to be intellectually challenging. So I found that with tax, and um, you also deal a lot with um, um, the tax law. Mm-hmm. So I always had an interest in law. So that's how I kind of moved towards the tax side earlier in my career. That's awesome. So tell me, um, if somebody is listening and they owe the IRS and they can't pay because they don't have any money right. for them, what do they do? Well, I would say the first thing to do is to determine exactly how much it is that they owe. Um, the IRS in the last few years have had a um, come around every year trying to really help tax, taxpayers who owe. So if they owe less than $10,000, um, they're going to be guaranteed um, an, what they call an installment agreement. So they just basically just need to call the IRS or they can go on the IRS website mm-hmm. and fill out the form and they're guaranteed um, a payment plan with that. Okay. So yeah. And that's why a lot of times you hear some of the commercials talking about, oh, if you owe more than $10,000, because if you owe less, it's like an automatic um, payment arrangement. The IRS is guaranteeing you. Um, and if you owe more than that $10,000, then you want to also look at your options, um, depending on what type of tax it is. If mm-hmm. it's an income tax or employment tax, the IRS is more aggressive with employment taxes. So you definitely want to be on top of that and maybe seek out a, a professional, mm-hmm. either a, a tax attorney or a CPA or an enrolled agent to really kind of help you assess uh, what your options are in that area. Thank you. That's helpful. Yeah. I mean, I never knew it was 10000 or less. Yes. Mm-hmm. That it automatically becomes a payment plan. Yes, they automatically get on a payment plan. That's fantastic because that helps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you put that on your credit card or yeah? <laughs> sure. They yeah. Take it. Oh, they'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you know that there is a taxpayer bill of rights? Right. So there's a taxpayer bill of rights um, there. And most people don't know about it, but it basically just outlines. And this came about through what they call the taxpayer advocate office, which is a part of the IRS, which really tries to help make the IRS more user friendly to taxpayers. And so um, what came about was basically... um, I think there's about maybe 15 different um, um, bill of rights on this taxpayer bill of rights. This basically letting taxpayer know you have the right to be informed. Mm-hmm. You have the right to receive adequate notice regarding your particular tax situation. And um, you have the right in other words, to have an appeal if you feel like there's something that's unfair or you don't owe it or for them to present adequate um, uh, information saying that you do owe and also to quality customer service. So there are several different other ones in there, but those tend to be the main ones um, that came about with the um, Bill of Rights. So it sounds to me like it's not like the end of the world if you owe the IRS. No, it's not the end of the world (laughs) at all. They sure like to put that out there, don't they? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But it can be very intimidating. Um, a lot of people are intimidated by taxes, period. And definitely when it comes time for them to owe or they see that they owe or their business is in trouble or something like that, they really, you know, um, because of a lot of the news stories and stuff that's out there about people going to jail or people owing a lot of money. So it can be very intimidating if you, if sure. you don't really know exactly what it is that you're supposed to do. Yeah. Which is why I would hire a professional. <laughs> yeah, that's a good rule of thumb, yeah. 
Um, so Rich Casanova here, the Pro Business Channel, and um, obviously being a pro business and talking to a lot of business owners, right. entrepreneurs, uh, uh, leaders, executives, what have you. What's the challenge like with um, businesses that typically kind of maybe hit some blindsided or they're not you know expecting or uh, folks that you work with and kind of the, from the business perspective? Right. Well, a lot of clients that I've dealt with um, in, in the past and even recently um, fell under hard times during the recession. Right, right. So, you know, you had a lot of people that fell on hard times during the recession and they just could not pay for whatever um, for whatever reason, they, they would, could either not pay their employment taxes or they were having cash flow issues. So maybe they dipped into the employment <laughs> right, tax yeah. bucket, which they're really not supposed to, to try right. to, you know, meet some of those short term cash flow sure. leads. And they just continually to get behind the ball. So um, they just got behind in that. And they're trying to, at this point in time, trying to correct the situation and get a fresh start with the IRS. Now, you mentioned that $10,000 benchmark. That's for individuals. Is there a kind of a, a similar equivalent for a business at a certain yeah. level? And do they rank kind of um, uh, yeah, startup business to the big, big box guys? Right. Well, um, generally, yes, you're going to have different benchmarks and it depends on what type of taxes you're talking about as well. Yeah. So, you know, businesses can have the regular income tax or they can have employment taxes if they have employees. So there are certain benchmarks to uh, the 25000 or $50,000 okay. um, benchmarks. And these are important because um, the more money you owe, the more financial disclosures required by the IRS. Right. And a lot of businesses, for whatever reason, Reasons sometimes don't necessarily want to um, don't necessarily want to reveal all their financial you know investments and stuff like that to the IRS. So if they owe less than you know twenty five thousand or fifty thousand dollars, a lot of financial disclosures are not necessarily required by the IRS. Oh, okay. So this is some of the things that um, the IRS has come about with in recent years to kind of streamline the process of helping taxpayers to resolve their their issues. Okay, um, what's a good day look like for you? That's a good day. <laughs> yeah. What's what's a, um, a good you know a success or a win? You know, for oh, you. of yeah. course, a win for me, which I love, is when uh, we get a call from uh, an officer, revenue officer we're dealing with the IRS saying yeah. that your offer and compromise has been approved. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> a great one, right? right yeah. And so uh, that's great because the one thing about what they call an offer and compromise, and a lot of times you hear a lot about this in the media, is that it is reducing the taxpayer's debt, period. Right. So if the taxpayer owned $50,000 and they can't afford to pay if they uh, qualify for an offer of compromise and they go through the process and it's approved, they may end up only paying maybe two thousand wow. dollars on that debt and have the rest of that debt, you know, forgiven. Yeah. Um. So, so that's a great day for me. Yeah, and for your client, <laughs> big time. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a big exactly. day for your client. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and that is kind of the premise. That, so they look at that criteria. And that's where you come in and kind of help evaluate, navigate those waters. Right. As exactly. far as uh, what their means are, you know, what their hardship situation is. Right. Exactly. And um, probably from an individual standpoint, I think number one on the list is medical issues, right? That causes a lot of uh, financial stress on a yeah. family, whatever, right? Yeah, a lot of medical issues. Um, also, too, we deal, I deal with a lot of um, people who are contractors. Oh, okay. uh, you know, so they contract for, for you know, rather than be an employee, they contract right. out to several different companies for several, you know, whatever their services are. Um, I've, I've dealt with a, quite a few in, um, individuals, too, who contract overseas, and so they have that in, international tax piece as well. So what's the challenge there with contract? You mentioned contractors. Is it uh, because their uh, income is not kind of guaranteed or, or uh, 
continual or sometimes they can't collect on work they've done or what kind of makes them unique from yeah. uh, a cha- their There's challenge? There's going to be basically two challenges. One is because they um, the income a lot of times is um, uneven. Right, yeah. So that creates it's unpredictable. Yeah, it's yeah. unpredictable. So that creates uncertainty. Yeah. And then two, um, because of that uncertainty, sometimes they don't um, necessarily pay in as much as they need to in terms of making estimated taxes right. that they should make. Sometimes they don't keep adequate book records like they they, need, they know they need to. <laughs> and so they feel like they owe all this money because they don't have adequate records to really show all the yeah. expenses that they feel like they've taken against that money. And so sometimes it, they um, this causes them to um, you know, be afraid and not necessarily file just, or file late. It'll just go like away. Yes, yeah. exactly. So just <laughs> your taxes, they just go away sometimes? No. <laughs> well, you know. Well, speaking of that, is there like, um, is there still like a seven-year window or what, what's your, in terms of a, uh, this final question, I know back to Emily here in just a second, okay. but um, <laughs> from a business or an individual standpoint, is mm-hmm. there that uh, statute of limitations? Right. There is a statute of limitations and we're talking about the IRS now because state right. is different. Okay. So there is a statute of limitations with the IRS because they can't come after you forever, right? right so yeah. it's, it's, it's 10 years. <laughs> okay. So they have 10 years to be able to collect okay. a, against you. Both for individual and mm-hmm. a, a company. So okay. it's, it's, it's 10 years. Okay. And um, what the clock starts ticking once you file your return. So if you don't file, then the clock doesn't start? Yeah, basically, the clock doesn't start if you don't file. Or the IRS. Just for legal reasons, I'm not trying to figure right. out any loopholes here. Craig's yeah. right. right. so pointing at me. Yeah. Right. So, so the, the right clock. now it's 2016, so you talked to 2006. Okay, so I'm okay, 2005. Never mind, we better get back to the show, yeah. Right, the clock doesn't start ticking, but um, it, so it can start ticking once you file. Right. And always that's why I always tell people to file, because that yeah. starts the clock. Oh, okay, I got right? starts the clock. That actually leads to my question because I love this question. I really want to know how you're going to answer it. When is a good time to resolve your debt, your tax debt? Okay, so the best time is now. I figured Right? (laughs) (laughs) And I always say this because um, sometimes this is counterintuitive um, to people because if they have a tax debt or they owe a lot of tax bill, they're like, okay, I'm just going to wait until I'm in a better situation before I contact the IRS. I'm going to wait until I start making more income. I'm going to wait until my business start turning around and rich and really the um the most optimal time to file is when you can't pay right it's kind of like bankruptcy you don't wait to file bankruptcy after you start bringing in more income mm-hmm. you file bankruptcy when you really cannot afford to pay so that's the same thing kind of with the, the, the tax debt with the IRS there's going to be more options available to you you don't have to be afraid if you can't afford to pay they have various options that um that it be a help so it's best to do it now and not only that, because it's a long process, too. Sure. That's another thing. It could take sure anywhere creates. from 18 to 24 months for you to be able to resolve all that whole issue. So it's a big right. deal. Yeah. I'm sure it creates a snowball effect, too. Right. You know, with anything in life, I mean, you want to wait till you have money for it. You might as well just... <laughs> Do it. Right. <laughs> like having kids or getting married right, or whatnot. Right, right, right. Obviously right. not in that order, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you can't wait till you have money. If you're supposed to do it, you do it. So right. with that, and I like the way you um, compared that to bankruptcy. Now tell me, do does anybody file bankruptcy for their tax debt or is that? Well, you can, um, you can have your taxes forgiven. 
um, by filing bankruptcy. Hmm. But there are just more stringent rules. And it depends on what sure. type of taxes. Because if you're talking about employment or payroll taxes, those are not usually what they call dischargeable in bankruptcy. But if Got you're it. dealing with individual taxes, those can be. And it just depends on how old that tax debt is. Because the IRS requires that debt, debt, debt to be, um, it has to be, so, you know, usually at, at three years is what they usually say. So not 10 years like Richard. No, no. <laughs> it has to be, you know, at least, you know, pretty, pretty old debt in order for it to be able to qualify under the bankruptcy rules. Well, it sure does sound like you know what you're talking about. And so you really do help your clients. And it's, it's, I always say this on this show, get a professional. You right. know, make sure you're not doing it on your own because you could you could miss something. You know, you could really end up in trouble. Right. So exactly. I got from the interview, start now. Right. And call you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so if you could let everybody know how they can reach you. Yes. Um, they can contact me on my website online, Tax Roadmap. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. They can contact me at 855-829-7623 which is my toll-free line, and we are located in downtown Decatur. Fantastic. Um, so they can locate me there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Nafisa. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. And we have, last but not least, sorry, my microphone is there, not over there. <laughs> and we have Kevin Patrick. Good morning, and thank you so much for being patient with us this My morning. My pleasure. Yes, yes. So far, so good? So far, so very good, in fact. Good, good. And you recently started your own firm. That's right, Emily. Started Kevin Patrick Law officially uh, January 1. Wow. It's been, a, it's been wonderful. Yeah. I'm so glad to be able to give back and, and help people. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to read a little bit about right now. And so Kevin Patrick with Kevin Patrick Law, he is an experienced Georgia personal injury attorney. He devotes his practice to helping individuals and families throughout the state. He specializes in wrongful death and other serious in injuries, as well as trucking and automobile accidents. Along with these types of cases, Kevin also has a niche area in handling daycare negligence cases because he firmly believes that young children, who are almost sometimes the most vulnerable, deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. The practice of law is more than a job to him. He's committed to preserving the constitutional right to, to a trial by jury and ensuring equal justice for all people in our community. To this end, Kevin graduated from Mercer University School of Law. He is admitted to practice before the United States Supreme Court, Supreme Court of Georgia, 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, and all other state and federal courts in Georgia. This is really an interesting topic about the um, daycare negligence. Is it rampant? Is it? Tell me more. Emily, I wish there was, I wish there was a lot less, but unfortunately, sometimes as we were talking about earlier, children who are the most vulnerable in our communities are, are not treated with the dignity and respect that they deserve. And so how did you fall into that niche well, in your practice? Well, at the firm, I was handling a number of cases. Mm -hmm. and I kept on seeing a cycle of uh, daycare negligence cases, and it really struck a chord with me, mm, and especially okay. now because I'm a father of a four-month Yes, you are. And so yes. I always want to make sure that those things, of course, don't happen to our son as well sure. as everyone else's children. Sure, sure. And I guess it's just, you know, I, I hate to say, but there's so many daycares out there. So there's there's bound to be negligence. Exactly. And, and sometimes it's so sad because large companies will put profits above, above people in looking for ways to 
basically save on the bottom line, and that sometimes will jeopardize uh, a child's safety. Sure, sure. And we'll get back to that in just a minute. If you will let me know, how did you start? Um, and when you decided to establish your own firm, what were your principles? What were you wanting to to focus on? Emily, there are really three guiding principles when we when we started Kevin Patrick Law. And the first one is to always be mindful that cases involve real people. Instead of looking at a case as a file or just a number, a number, sure. I, I, I firmly believe that these are individual people and these are lives that you touch and lives that are are, are so valuable and matter. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the uh, that's the first principle. Then the second one is there's simply no substitute for hard work. It, it's so easy sometimes when you're watching TV to see an infomercial, whether it's you know <laughs> a miracle weight loss or or what have you, that offers a, a quick fix. Sure. But I believe in the practice of law that there is no such thing as a, a quick fix, but it's through hard work, mm-hmm. meticulous preparation, and a willingness to try a case that um, we can achieve the best results for our clients. And that's something I take take great pride in. Then the final thing is, is doing the little things right. And mm-hmm. for example, at law school or whether it's at the Supreme Court or any number of places, we learn about the intricacies of the law. And, and those were extremely valuable in handling the, the technicalities of a case. But to me, the technicalities of a case really matter, but there's also things that matter beyond just the law itself. And that's returning emails, answering mm-hmm. the phone call, and just simply being, being a voice to a client. Because these cases are, are very emotional, particularly the daycare ones, mm-hmm. that Absolutely. if someone calls, to, to be there to answer the phone and say, you're in good hands, Thank you for entrusting me with your case, and we'll get the best result for you and your family. I love that. And so that's really what you can do with your own practice. I think you you have the opportunity to be more individually, um, pay that attention to your clients than with a bigger firm. Emily, you're right. And the one nice thing with the, the practice now, I take a select number of cases in order to be able to pay really close attention to each one and get to know each each client in, in their situation. So when you have a ton of clients, then what do you do? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, hopefully I'll be in a position to, uh, to hire somebody. But yeah, right there now, you go. Kevin Patrick Law is, is Kevin it's Patrick. Kevin Patrick, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we mentioned about the um, issues with child daycare and so forth. Talk about some of the organizations that you're passionate about or involved in. Um, you have listed here, obviously, the Children's uh, Healthcare in Atlanta. What are some of the other groups that um, kind of on your short list? Sure. There's one that's uh, particularly meaningful to me, and that's the Georgia Center for Child Advocacy. And we're actually having the Works of Heart fundraiser here in a few weeks, I believe on Saturday, February 27th. Okay. And it helps um, children that have been, been abused and, and exploited. And it's a way to, um, again, a way to give back to the community. And it's, it's a great group of folks. And with this Works of Heart, actually a number of artists in our, in our local community auction pieces of, uh, pieces of work. And so that, that raises awareness and also funds to be able to help these children get the counseling and the treatment they need to lead a, a successful life. That's fantastic. Where Can you give more details on that again? Sure. You can actually find a lot of that on my um, my Facebook page, Kevin mm-hmm. Patrick Law. And again, that's the Georgia Center for Child Advocacy, February 27th, I believe, at uh, Westside Cultural Arts Center. Great. Great. All right. Um, and... Um, so there's, uh, I guess another topic of uh, interest would be, is um, looking back in your legal career, who are some of the people that kind of influenced you, some of your mentors, or got you to this kind of point where you're at? 
Sure. And looking back, there's there's so many uh, fine mentors along the way, and hopefully at one point I'll be able to be a mentor for someone else. Yeah. But in looking back, uh, Chief Judge John H. Bailey Jr. from the uh, Northern Judicial Circuit Superior Courts, um, I was, I was a, the staff attorney for him for a number of years. And Judge Bailey was a remarkable man and just, just recently took um, senior status. And he taught me three things, I would say. And, and the first one is that, um, like Emily and I were talking about earlier, sometimes the practice of law goes beyond just simply statutes. And it, really, in the words of Oliver Wendell Holmes, the life of law is experience. And Judge Bailey taught me that to understand the law, you need to experience the law and to see what people are going through firsthand, whether it's a, a criminal matter, a, a tax matter, or in, in my case, a, you know, a daycare negligence matter. And then the second one is Judge Bailey instilled a fundamental appreciation for all the court personnel that uh, as a judge, we realized he relied so heavily on Ms. Pam and Ms. Susan, the folks in the office that helped to ensure that there was a, a streamlined calendar, that transcripts were done timely, and to always remember all the folks that helped, helped get us there. And finally, uh, Judge Bailey's seat was in Elberton, Georgia, and it was quite fitting that out there he said, that no matter how small the pancake, there are always two sides. And to make sure to look at both sides of the issue and, and to explore both what the plaintiff and what the defendant has to say. Wow. I, I choose a side that's not overcooked to whatever, right? <laughs> or if it is, I flip it over, it looks good from the from the flip from the front side, right? Yeah. And the side with butter and syrup. <laughs> nice. Um, a little off topic, but it's on your website talking about pedestrian accidents. And a little pet peeve to me, it's like uh, we're here in Buckhead and Lenox, but uh, you know, especially in kind of this more kind of the um, you know concentrated downtown areas with a lot of pedestrian and car, you know, automobile traffic. But um, I mean those signs are there for a reason, right? Where it has the hand flashing do not cross, right? And the, the clock times down and the uh, but there's people that will just uh, you know they just walk just because there's a crossing you know so there's two sides of that story right I mean but um, it certainly is but from the law I imagine uh, are you ever in the right as a motorist if there's a pedestrian in the crosswalk when they're not supposed to be I mean, I'm not saying. <laughs> well, in that case, is, I think the pancake has two sides. But, uh, most of all, I think it's very important as a as a driver to be extremely cautious yeah. here in the bucket area, because the, the congestion is getting worse right. and worse, and there is more foot traffic. Right. So, it is a cliche, you know, look twice, you know, and right. save a life. Yeah. And I think that's both important for motorists as well as pedestrians, because it's very easy to be looking at your smartphone or oh, tablet, time, yeah. and all of a sudden to, to right. step out. But uh, you know, put the phone down for a second, and, and be careful when you cross the street. And likewise with the drivers, to make sure that they're not distracted by texting or, or talking on the phone. Yeah, I mean that's a huge issue. We had some folks in um, recently on another show talking about the uh, driverless cars, and in my opinion, they can't come soon enough, right? I mean, because people are doing everything in their car except for driving. Yes, or yes. Oh yes, absolutely. So personal injury is really um, what you're focus is for your firm and so tell me when you when we talk about the um, daycare negligence is that does that go along with that absolutely now how is that for personal injury it's, it's been a wonderful transition to the other side of the proverbial V because now we have to opportunity to represent people as opposed to corporations and insurance companies sure and to really have the opportunity to um, to affect someone's life mm -hmm. and to be that the force for good 
So for somebody that's listening and they say, you know, they may have some questions about the daycare that they're in and that their child is in, um, what, how would you handle those cases? Sure. If it was just the individual looking to uh, look into their daycare, mm-hmm. to make sure they reach out from right from the start and to do their homework to make sure that all the, uh, for example, the staffing ratios are always always in place. That's good. And, and just common sense sometimes when you go visit a daycare to make sure that the playground's in good in good order. Mm-hmm. That it's clean around the changing stations, mm. and, and to make sure that the staff is is properly trained. And if there is something wrong and they contact you, how do you how would you handle some of those cases? What would you do first? Well, again, there's no substitute for hard work, so we always do our investigation. We right. look at we look into the the daycare itself to see whether or not there have been any previous violations, mm-hmm. and how those compare to the the issue at hand. And a lot of times too, we'll talk to the former uh, former staff. Sometimes people leave and. When they're at, at the daycare, they're you know afraid to talk about some of the things that have been, been overlooked. And when they're mm-hmm. no longer associated, they're much more willing to come forward and say that these were some areas that uh, where were profits were again put in front of uh, in front mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's a little you know something that you wouldn't tell them, obviously. But that's just a little kind of trick, you know, to find out what's really going on. You're right. Investigative trick, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of PI work. I was almost like you're wearing more of a PI hat than yeah. uh, <laughs> Well, not personal injury, but... No, uh, private investigator, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other PI, yeah. Um, so I'm looking also at your website. You cover, you cover that spectrum from, we talked to, we've been focusing a lot on daycare, but also issues of nursing home and uh, assisted living. I mean, there's just sad stories that um, take place there, and you just wonder, you know, how do these people sleep at night that are, uh, but I mean, what what do you kind of attribute that to? I mean, that would be a hard working environment, I guess, if you don't have the right makeup as an employee to kind of, um, on a daily basis, with those challenges in that environment. Right, but if it's if it's not a fit, those folks should be doing something else, right? Absolutely. I think the the fundamental thing for either whether it's a daycare or nursing home is to have proper procedures in place to make sure the the employees are trained. They know how to handle, for example, in a uh, assisted living where some of the patients or in residents have issues with dementia and things yeah. like that. So they're always very considerate of of those needs. And, and they probably need um, uh, the check and balance there, right? So if it's just one employee is always interacting with that same person and there's nobody looking over their shoulder to kind of keep them honest, right? Absolutely. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, team, it's a team sport. It's always yeah. important to have make sure the supervisors are really, are really looking, looking over the employees and making sure that everything is done, everything is done well. Okay. Well, congratulations on opening your new firm. I know that you're going to be very successful since you already were. <laughs> well, that's very kind of Emily. It's, it's great to be here. Yes. And so let our listeners know how they can reach you. Sure. You can always feel free to shoot me an email at Kevin at Patrick Trial Law. Call at 678-827-3778 or visit us at my website at patricktriallaw.com. Thanks so much for being here again. And thank you to all of our guests and all of our listeners. And thanks to our sponsors as well. Do we give shout outs anymore? I think you can still do that, yeah. (laughs) To 3A Law Practice Management and, of course, Peachtree Offices. This is Emily Rowell with Atlanta Legal Experts Radio signing out. Thank you again for joining Emily Rowell and her guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of Atlanta Legal Experts Radio.
How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.